Welcome to Mosaic Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Mosaic Church Leeds, based in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information on Mosaic Church, please visit mosaic-church.org.uk. Thank you for listening. Great. Morning, everyone. Uh, in case you don't know me, my name's Dave. I work with Matt to lead this North Gathering. I just wanted to check, so we can come over to Indiana. You guys will pay for our ticket. Hosting. Sweet. <laughs> Summer holiday sorted for next year. Um, great, you join us on week five out of six weeks that we are spending looking at the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And I, I think our real hope as we've gone through this series is that as a church, our, our understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and, and what his role is in our lives was really grown and deepened. And I think my personal prayer has been that my relationship with the Holy Spirit would become a lot more intimate. And Matt spoke last week about us walking with the Holy Spirit daily, um, him guiding us, him speaking to us. And that's really been what I've been praying for and asking the Holy Spirit to do throughout this series. And you all have had your own personal prayers as well, but I pray that that's one of them. Um, Today, we're going to be looking at the topic of gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to start by watching a scene from my favorite film, which is Apollo 13, as it provides a great illustration as we approach this topic. And the reason I say that is the scene we're about to watch is about a team of very gifted, very skilled people, and they've been given a life-saving mission. The Apollo 13 spaceship is on its way from Earth to the moon, but there's been a big explosion on the spaceship, and they have to work out how they're going to get the astronauts back home safely. And the key thing is they all have to work together to make that happen. So we're going to watch the video clip, and then I'll come up and chat afterwards. We missed the last line. Failure is not an option. It's a great film. And there are many reasons why it's a great film. But the reason why I showed that clip, the reason why that clip is helpful for us is because this team are given this life-saving mission. They've got to get these three astronauts safely back to Earth. If you don't know if they do it or not, rent the film. It's great. And that's exactly the same. We're in the same position as God's church. He has given us a life-saving mission as well. He has called his church to share the truth and the love of Jesus with the broken world that is around us so that they might find eternal life in Jesus. Now, the NASA team haven't just been given this mission, but the NASA team is made up of these incredibly highly um, trained, highly skilled, highly academic people, loads of PhDs in the room. But the thing is, if they all just worked on their own thing and they didn't talk to each other, they didn't talk together, then they wouldn't be able to achieve the mission. The thing is, they've got to take all of their gifts and abilities, use them together as a team to make this mission a possibility. And that is exactly the same for us as the church as well. What we're going to look at today is the Holy Spirit has gifted the church in lots and lots of different ways. And they're all essential if we're to complete this mission that God has given us to see people come to know Jesus. But the key thing is all of those gifts have to work together. We have to work as a team if we're going to make the mission a possibility. And as we look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit today, we realize that the role of the Holy Spirit is kind of twofold when we look at this topic. The first one is that he is the person of God who equips us. He is the the gift giver, as it were. He is the one who gives us the gifts that we need. And the second thing, he's also our great team builder. The Holy Spirit is the one who knits us together, unites us together as we work towards the mission that God has given us. 
So what we're going to do is we're going to spend a little bit of time looking at what the Bible has to say about gifts of the Holy Spirit, and then we'll end by looking at how this impacts our day-to-day walk with God. So I think there are six things that can help us to understand and approach gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the first one, which we'll put on the screen behind me, is that the gifts equip us. We go back one. There we go. That's not a settler's tile, by the way, just in case you're thinking that. So the first thing is the gifts of the Spirit equip us. God has given his church his mission, and therefore we can have faith that he is going to equip his church to give us everything we need to complete this mission. And scripture, the Bible, talks about a whole diverse range of gifts that we're given. And so if you have the next slide, there's a table of them. And so there's kind of split up into three sections in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians 4. And there's a list of about 23 different gifts there. I don't think the list is completely exhaustive, but these are the ones that Scripture talks about most. The ones on the left, my left, your right, or your left, my right, uh, Romans 12, they tend to be kind of innate gifts in us. So if you're sat around in a room and something happens, those things are kind of your natural reaction to that kind of situation. So I cannot sit in a room, and uh, so a good example would be if we go and visit Rian's family, they have a habit of talking about what we're going to do, but we never actually do it. And so if I'm sat in the room, I'm like, let's just go to the cinema. Like, everybody wants to go. Let's, let's just lead it and go to the cinema. So I can't sit in that room without leadership coming out of me. The middle column, 1 Corinthians 12, they're gifts that are tend to given more for a moment or a season or a particular task. And the gifts on, um, in the Ephesians 4 tend to be more people that uh, are gifted to the church to help them do its work. A couple of things to say about uh, this list of the different gifts is all the, lists, all the gifts are different, but they're equally spiritual. They're all given by God. Paul talks to or writes to a church in Corinth, and he writes in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6 and verse 11, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So the key thing to take away from that is whatever your gifts are, whatever ways the Holy Spirit has gifted you, they're all given by God. However you've been equipped, you've been equipped by God. And the second thing to say is, and I mentioned this already, is some of the gifts are given for a long time, maybe even for life, whereas some of them seem to be given for a moment, a task, or a season. And as verse 11 said, it is the Holy Spirit who determines the distribution of the gifts and the duration of the gifts. The Holy Spirit is the person of God who knows the church. He knows the church's mission. He knows the church's needs. And therefore, he distributes the gifts as he sees fit. He knows what gifts to give to which people for which seasons. So the key question from this section is, are you aware of the gifts that the Holy Spirit has equipped you with? Could you tell me today, oh, these are the gifts that I know I've been equipped with by God? And it's a really key question because the second thing to look at when we approach spiritual gifts is all the gifts are needed. We need every single one of the gifts to be practiced. If you think back to the NASA illustration for a moment, imagine if, the, if NASA just prioritized resourcing and training astronauts. They would get some of the best pilots in the world who could fly spaceships. 
But if they never put any money or effort into building a spaceship, then the astronauts wouldn't have anything to fly. You need all of those gifts working together for them to complete their role. And this is exactly what Paul says against the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 12, 17 through 18. If he, said, he says, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them just as he wanted them to be. So Paul is saying as the church, we can't just prioritize a few of the gifts. If we were a church and we just prioritized preaching and the gift of teaching, we'd all know a lot, but nobody would ever be encouraged. There'd never be any mercy extended. We'd never see anybody healed. We have to see all the gifts being worked out. The church needs you and needs the gifts that the Holy Spirit has equipped you with, which brings us neatly to our third point. The Holy Spirit gives us the gifts so that we can play our part in the team. And now Paul describes this team to us. The team, by the way, is the church. Paul describes the church to us in 1 Corinthians 12, 27. And he says, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. So Paul describes the church as the body of Christ. And if you think of it like this, when Jesus came to earth, he took on a human body. And he walked around in different places in this human body. And scripture tells us that his body, uh, or he was filled with the Holy Spirit as he did his ministry. Scripture tells us he was empowered by the Holy Spirit as he did his ministry. And scripture tells us that he used the gifts of the Spirit in order to do his ministry, to share the truth about who he was and to bless people, to show his love to them. And what Paul is saying is the church is now the body of Christ. Because if you've noticed, Jesus isn't on earth anymore. He was, and then he died, and he rose again, and he ascended back up to heaven. But he said, when I go back up to heaven, I will ask the Father, and the Father will send the Spirit, and the Spirit has come to the church. So the church, like Jesus, is meant to be filled with the Spirit. The church, like Jesus, is meant to be empowered by the Spirit for mission. And the church, like Jesus, is meant to use all the gifts of the Holy Spirit to minister to people. But Paul doesn't say bodies of Christ. He doesn't say there's 1.2 or 2 billion Christians, depending on which statistics you read, um, doesn't say there's 2 billion bodies of Jesus around. He says there's one body. You as the church is the body of Christ. And the implication is all of us working together make up the body of Jesus. All of us working together carry on Jesus' ministry to the world today. So this church, Mosaic Church, the North Gathering, we need you all to play your part as we try and be the body of Jesus to this part of Leeds. So we need people with the gift of prophecy to be hearing what God is saying for the church. We need people with a leadership gifting to be leading different groups of people in the church. We need people with the gift of giving to give and to give generously. We need people with the gift of evangelism to equip the church to reach out to people who don't know Jesus. So you guys have all been gifted by God. The Holy Spirit has gifted you in different ways, and your gifts are needed in the church. Whatever your gift is, it needs an outlet in the local church. So are you playing your part in the body? Are you bringing your gifts to the body and playing your part? And there are lots of ways this can work out. One of the ways is that we ask everybody who calls Mosaic Church, their home church, to serve on a Sunday serving team, to be part of a mission group, and to be part of an accountability group. There are three great places where you can be using your giftings to bless and serve other people. 
So my encouragement would be, if you're not on a serving team on a Sunday yet, why not join one? Why not see what giftings you've got and see where they can play out on a Sunday? If you're not part of a mission yet, why not join one and see where your giftings play out in that environment? But for others of you, and for many of you, you're already serving on a serving team or you're serving a mission group. And I would just want to encourage you to say, is that the best place where you're using your giftings? Are any of you serving in a place where you're like, well, I'm serving here because there's a need and really appreciate that. But actually, it'd probably be much better for me and for the church if I was to serve in this area. I'd really encourage you to say there's always freedom to move around in the church. There's always going to be needs, but we believe that God is a God who provides people to fill the needs. And we believe he'll provide gifted people to fill the needs. So if you're serving in an area at the moment and you feel like, I definitely could be serving better over there, I'd say there's always freedom to move around. And lastly, for some of you, you might think, oh, well, I do have different gifts from the Holy Spirit, but I just doesn't feel like there is an outlet for me to serve in the church at the moment. We'd really love to hear about what gifts you feel you've got and what we might be able to do with them, what, how you might be able to serve and build up the church. So please don't stay silent. If you have a gift, talk about it. Talk to your mission group leaders about it. Talk to me and Matt about it. Where can you play your part? What gifts have you been given and how can you serve the body with them? Now, the next thing I want to talk about is really important, and it's the context within which we're to use the gifts the Holy Spirit has given us. Because point four, the Holy Spirit wants the gifts to be used in love. In all three places where, where Paul talks about spiritual gifts, he also talks about the need for them to be practiced out of love and in love. So why the need for love? Well, Paul knows what the human heart is like, and it knows that the human heart generally is just a comparison machine. We're always looking around and going, am I better than them? Am I worse than them? How do I match up? And Paul knows that when we, especially when we get look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it's so easy for us to feel either, or either inferior to some people or superior to other people or more loved by God or less loved by God because of the giftings that we have. And he challenges this directly 1 Corinthians 12, 15 through 18, he says, Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. So Paul is firstly addressing those people who would feel inferior because they don't have another gift or they don't have a particular gift. And the danger that Paul talks about feeling this is people stop committing to or contributing to the life of the church. He goes, oh, because I don't have the, the gift of mercy or the gift of healings or the gift of tongues, clearly I'm just not meant to be part of this local church. And the thing is, that, that can easily put a distance between that person and the local church, but, it, but that isn't too far away from putting a distance between that person and God. And Paul counteracts this by saying in verse 18, God has gifted you and placed you in exactly the place that he wants you to be. You're not meant to be someone else, or you're not meant to be doing something else. You're not meant to have another gift in, because God knows you personally and intimately. And God has gifted you to play the role that he wants you to play. So we're called to delight in the person who's given us the gifts, not in the gifts themselves. To delight in the fact that he knows us and he has gifted us for a part that he is asking us to play in his church. 
What a privilege is that? So I know that I have a gift of leadership. And I could quite easily look around and go, well, how do I compare my gift of leadership? So Matt's obviously got a, a bigger gift of leadership, but other people got a lower gift. Where do I rank? But that's not what God wants me to do. God wants me to focus on him so I can go, God, that, it is just amazing that you've gifted me to play this part in working to build up and serve your church. And that's what you've gifted me to do. What an amazing privilege. Paul then flips the scenario around carry on in 1 Corinthians 12, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. I think that's a more foolish one. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. So Paul is now turning to the states of our hearts where we'd feel superior because we have a certain gift or because we seem to have a higher level of gift than somebody else. And there again, it's the danger is because we're focusing on the gift, we start to idolize the gifts, and then we start to feel more important, more puffed up, more honored, maybe even more loved by God because of the gifts that he's given us. And the danger that Paul talks about here is it sows the seeds of division in the church, and you can see it creating like a spiritual hierarchy in the church. And Paul counters this by saying, we should be honoring the people, not the gifts. We should honor the person, not the gift. Those people who you would say are less because of their gifting are actually indispensable to the church, and they receive special honor and treatment by God. God honors and values all parts of the body, and our attitude is to be the same. Because Paul says we're to use the gifts in love and out of love, because that's how Jesus used them. See, the gifts operating in the local church should show the world that Jesus' body is powerful, yeah, but also is loving. That brings us to point five. The gifts are given by the Holy Spirit to build up the church. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, Now to each one of you, or to each one, the manifestations of the Spirit is given for the common good. And then 1 Corinthians 14, 26 says, What then shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each one of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. So all the gifts are given so that we may build one another up, so that we may strengthen, encourage, and comfort other people in the church. The gifts are given so the church can create a community that reflects the love, the power of Jesus, but it's such an attractive community. Imagine if every city, every town, every village across the world had a community of people that was experiencing and, and using all the different spiritual gifts. Because it would mean if somebody was sick in that place, the church would be the place they'd go to receive healing. If somebody uh, had a situation before them and they just did not know what the wise decision was, the church would be the place that they would go to go, what's the godly wisdom on this? If they didn't know who God was or what they were to understand about God, the church would be the place they go where they would be taught about him. If they were, if you're looking at kind of people who are hard pressed in society, they would go to the church because that's where they would receive 
hospitality, if there were people in that community who would just always being asked of and being, things being taken from them, the church would be the place that they would go and they could be served. And if you had a person who was just like, I don't know what I should be doing in the next stage of my life, the, the church would be the place they could go to ask people to pray for them for words of knowledge, prophecy, and wisdom about what the next stage of life should look like. The church is to be the most attractive community on the face of the world. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit equip us to serve the world. That brings us to point six. The gifts equip the church to reach its missional goal, to share the love and truth of Jesus to the world. Paul gives an example of this, actually, at the end of 1 Corinthians 14. And he's talking about the church gathering together and some of the spiritual gifts being used at that gathering. And he says, if an unbeliever, somebody who doesn't know Jesus, comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of their sin and they've brought under judgment by all as the secrets of their heart are laid bare. So they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. Paul gives an example of a church here gathering together and one of the gifts being used and it leading to salvation coming to those to that person. The American team this week, they've shared the gospel with 500 people. The Holy Spirit has been constantly equipping these guys throughout the week with courage and boldness to go out and to share the truth, to teach the people of Leeds the truth about the gospel of Jesus. If you read the book of Acts, and I would really encourage you to do this, it takes about two hours to read it all the way through. But if you read the book of Acts, it's basically just filled of examples where the church is gifted by the Holy Spirit to share the good news about Jesus. You see gifts of wisdom, of knowledge, of administration, of service, of teaching, of healing, of miracles, of prophecy. And the result is people are added to the church thousands at a time and then added daily thereafter. The gifts are given so that we can serve the world in the marketplace, at work, as a mum, as a dad, with neighbours and friends. Last week, Matt talks about this idea of the Holy Spirit being our daily companion, daily wanting to guide us, wanting to speak to us. And I would add to that, he wants to equip us each and every day for what we're going to be facing in that moment. Because day to day, there are just moments, there are situations and there are people that we're just not sure about. We don't know what the right thing to do is, the right way to love them or bless them, or the right way to resolve a situation. The Holy Spirit is the person of God wanting to equip us for those times. So when we're meeting people who don't know Jesus, are we asking, Holy Spirit, what, what would you want to say to this person? Is there anything that you want to reveal about this person that would show them that God loves them, knows them, and cares for them? Or if we're meeting somebody who's, who's sick, are we praying, Holy Spirit, I pray that you give me the gift of faith and the gift of healing so this person might be restored. So I was in a car with somebody this week and they'd broken a bone in their body and they were getting out of the car at the end. And I was like, see you later, mate. I'll be praying for you. I shut the door and they walked off. And I was like, I wonder why I said I would be praying for them. Because I could have just asked the Holy Spirit to gift me right there and then to pray for that person. And they might have been touched by God. They might have encountered God in a fresh way. When we're walking around our neighborhoods, when we're getting to know our neighbors, are we asking, Holy Spirit, who lives in this neighborhood that just needs a message of mercy, a message of encouragement? Please give me those gifts and send me to those people. And for our youth, when you're at school, for our professionals, when you're in the workplace, you face hundreds of situations day in, day out, where you need the wisdom of God to know, should we, should we be doing this deal? Should I hang out with this group of friends? What should we do about this situation? Should we hire this person or should we fire that person? Be asking, Holy Spirit, please give me wisdom for these moments. Please give me inspiration to know what the next step is. Because the mission field for us is our day-to-day. It's, it's not really here. It's when we're out there 
the rest of six days, 22 hours of the week. That's where our mission build is primarily going to be. And the Holy Spirit wants to equip us for that. To end today, I just want to look at three things that Paul says about what our attitude towards uh, spiritual gifts should be, how we can have a healthy attitude towards them. And he says three things. He says we're to know the gifts, we're to excel in them, and we're to eagerly desire them. Paul encourages the Corinthians to be informed about spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 1 says, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Conclusion, he wants them to be informed. He wants us to know the gifts, which ones we already have and which gifts there are in the world. And if you're not sure about your gifts, I think really easily four steps to find them out dead quickly. What do you enjoy? Now, you've got to be quite careful with this one. It's what do you enjoy when you're serving and blessing other people? What gives you a buzz when you're blessing other people? I love singing, but nobody's blessed by my singing. But the thing is, I, I know that I love leading, I love teaching, because if I'm in a teaching context or if I'm in a leadership context, I come away and I'm like, oh, that was great. I really enjoyed leading those people. I really enjoyed teaching those people. So I know that that's a, a gift that the Holy Spirit has given me. The second thing is just ask. So ask those people who know you really, really well. What do you think my gifts are? What do you get blessed with when you're around me? And be asking God, Holy Spirit, what, what have you gifted with me with? What, what do you want me to be using? Point three, serve. Serve lots and you'll end up finding your gifts because if you serve in lots and lots of ways, you'll find out which bits give you the most enjoyment. So lots of people will come up to me and go, Dave, I've got a real heart to plant a church. I'm like, that's amazing. That's great. Why not start serving now and see what gifts you'd have to start planting a church? So I would be like, if you're not in a mission group, get a mission group. Get in a mission group. If you're in a mission group, why not ask to be on the core team of that group to help lead it? If you're on the core team, why not ask to lead a multiplication of that group? If you've led a multiplication, why not ask to coach the group that you've multiplied? And if you've done all of that, then why don't you take my job and then I can go and do something else and you can be a gathering leader. Not because I want to do something else, just because... Anyway, um, so um, serve lots. You can't truly understand yourself and your gifting until you've served other people a lot. And the fourth thing is study scripture. See which gifts you identify most with. So as I read some of the gifts, if I read the gifts in Romans 12, it gets to the point of if you have mercy, and I'm like, I really don't have that at all. It just, mercy is the gift of having joy and energy and desire to care for people with compassion and with sincerity. And I just don't really have that. I can do it, but it doesn't give me much joy and much energy. But there are lots of situations during the week where I need that gift of mercy. So it's one of the gifts that I pray for most often because it's one of the things I lack the most. And I figure that out by reading scripture, by studying, and asking the Holy Spirit to reveal that to me. Second thing, once we know what our gifts has, Paul calls us to excel in them. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 12 says, since you are eager for the gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. So Paul calls us to excel as we play our part in the body, 100% energy and effort. And the Greek word to excel is parisiu. I may have got that wrong. Um, and the idea is it, it means to overflow. So to excel is to have a gift in it to overflow and abound towards other people. There's generally two ways that can happen. One is you see a need and you know that your gift fits the need. Fill the need. Fill the gap and build up the body that way. That's a really simple one. The second one is a much harder one because every gift that's given probably has a little comfort zone that comes with it. So for example, if you have the gift of healing, it's quite 
it's quite approachable to pray for the healing of headaches, but to go from headaches to I'm now going to pray for pray for somebody's leg to grow back or a bone to be uh, healed, like the step of faith that you need for that probably is quite big. Now, to excel in the gift is to constantly be stepping, taking baby steps out of your comfort zone and asking the Holy Spirit, please expand my gifting so I can serve the church and bless people more and more and more. So for me, again, leadership, there's lots of situations during the week where I have an opportunity to lead within my comfort zone and then generally I stay at the same level. Or there's there's an opportunity or there's a, a moment that comes along which goes, Oh, Matt will give me some job that he doesn't want to do. And he'll be like, Dave, I want you to lead on this. And I'll be like, oh, that scares me a bit. And that's out of my comfort zone. And so I have to come back to God and go, God, I need you to increase my leadership gift for this moment. I need you to increase my level of faith. Give me the gift of faith that I can lead in this situation. And then I step out into it. Now, God is faithful. He answers the prayers. And then my comfort zone magically has expanded. And it can now include the task that I've just done. And that's another way to, exp- to excel. Just keep growing and growing and growing. And a great way to do that is if you've got a gifting, spend time around other people with that gifting. Because it just naturally rubs off on you. And lastly, the third thing, Paul calls the church to eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Um, and he says that in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1. Why should we eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit? Well, the gifts are given so that we can serve and build up the church and so we can serve the world. So I want to eagerly desire more gifts of the Holy Spirit so I can serve more people, bless more people, build up the church in greater ways. And so that I can aid my devotion and my love for God as I please him, as I use those giftings. And I think that um, that heart attitude of eagerly desiring for spiritual gifts is a great way for us to end today and a great way for us to respond. Because I would love to give us an opportunity to pray for one another, to pray for each other, to receive prayer. And it may be that um, you know kind of what your giftings are and you just, you just want to ask the Holy Spirit to give you the faith to step out and use that gifting more, to grow in that gifting. It may be a gift that you've always really wanted and you want to pray again for the Holy Spirit to give you that gift. Maybe that you just want to pray today for the Holy Spirit to fill you afresh and encounter you afresh and meet with you afresh. And we'd love to pray for that as well. Maybe that you want to pray for what part can I play in the church or a particular area that you're serving in the world at the moment. So what we're going to do is I'm going to ask the band to come back up and we're going to end with some sung worship um, and just lifting God's uh, God's name and God's renown kind of high again. And then there's going to be uh, just a few mission group leaders kind of at the back on both sides, and we might have a couple down the front as well. And I think a really great way to respond today would be as we worship, if you go to one of the back corners or up the front, find somebody who's a mission group leader and just ask them to pray for you because that, that step of leaving your seat and going somewhere, it's a great step of saying, God, I really want this. I'm really desiring this. There's nothing about this bit of wood at the floor up here or at the back, but it's the act of faith in response. So as we, if you want to stand and sing with me, then if mission group leaders could go to the back and the sides, that'd be great, ready to, for people to pray for them.